Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji, as always, for the inaugural Women's 2021 Award show. We're going to be going through best sprinter, best performance overall, best GC rider, best one day rider, all that sort of stuff. As you know, this show is brought to you by our show partner, LaCole, who are also the name sponsor of Drops LaCole team, who you'll have seen the British National Championships actually recently on my main channel. But more on LaCole later. It's late at night, so we're going to do the easy questions first. The easiest question in cycling. Who is the best sprinter? Who was the best sprinter? Who was the most successful sprinter? It can only be one name, Benji. Lorena Wibis. She's won a, a lot this year, but slightly less than last year because I feel like DSM has missed out on a few leadouts for her and catching the breakaway in time so that she could end up winning the sprint. She's also lost a few against the likes of a Norsgaard at certain points. Last year, she lost against Balsamo, so she loses against at least one person a year. So not too bad for a sprint you know losing against one person a year but whenever she's at the front on a flat sprint relatively flat at least um she's the strongest on paper and we've seen that most recently in the ronde van drenthe in october itself the 23rd of october where she did it with an entire lead out of uh dsm in the front group i keep thinking about sunweb still even though that has been like ages ago but uh, yeah that's uh that's clear she's the best sprinter in the world but the most difficult question for me is, who's next? I got sent some numbers the other day of a rider who I think is, if Riley get a wild card next year to some bigger races, could be contesting bunch sprints. Olivia Ray, she rides for Riley Kiwi, crazy numbers, uh, like 1250, 1300 watt peak and like 1,000 watts for 10 seconds. Uh, she's been competing in America. But it's hard to know. Yeah, you're right, Benji, because Rivera, is she... You know, bad opportunities. I think Balsamo is is properly fast. I think Balsamo is up there and Hosking is... No. I don't know. Norsgaard just seemed to struggle to make it to any finish this year. Maybe I'm misremembering that. Um, like OxyClean, Jesus, the worst name inside. OxyClean Classic Brugge de Panna. <laughs> what a name. Like, she won the bunch sprint for second, but Grace Brown was already up the road. Do I give her credit for that? Jolene, I think what's clear, Benji, is Jolene Dora and Kirsten Vild step back a bit. No. And they were previously sort of two of the three top sprinters. But I think Balsamo is legit, a uh, pure sprinter as well, not just a classic sprinter. And even Voss, like Ken Vavelhem, that's a pure bunch sprint performance and Voss ruined everybody, so she still got it too. Any other names we're missing out? Yeah, you started mentioning Hosking in there as well, and I agree that she's one of those names, but we didn't see her for the entire season. I don't remember why she was gone for a, for a while. Was it injury or family-related or something? I am honestly unsure, but in general, she did miss a few months, and as a consequence, not the ideal preparation throughout the year for the race she went to, and then she came back and had that one victory where she basically did a lead-out for herself and a sprint for herself against... Uh, 
competition that was also doing a lead out next to her. That was a, a pretty crazy win. Also, although I just don't remember which race it was, but I think that's basically it when it comes to the sprinting, right? What else can we say about it? What about Kopecky? You see her more of just a, a classics rider with a, a sprint and punch. I mean, she she won the Samin, which that's usually a sprint. It was a sprint. She beat Norsgaard and Hosking. She, uh, where did she go? Second? I don't know. I think Kopecky's also pretty good pure sprinter she just she even won the stage at uh love welter as well beating uh that was in a break of longer beginning i don't know i think kopecky's got to be in my top five as well but it's clear viva's top shelf she's on a three-year deal until end of 2024 with dsm they will be very happy with that with the uh, opening stage of the tour de france fam next year yeah. being the champs Elysees stage but now moving on to the more difficult questions uh the Best time trial rider slowly increasing in difficulty. Here, I think it's between Van Dijk, Marlon Rosa, Anna van der Breggen, and Annemiek van Vleuten. Which way are you leaning towards? I was leaning more towards the likes of a Van Dijk and Reuser combination because those were the main riders at the World Championships ITT. And yes, van Vleuten was amazing at the Kelly time trial at the Olympics. And we know that Van der Breggen was amazing at the, was it Mountain Time Trial at um, the Giro U23. And also, I think Van Dijk won the one in Healthy Aging Tour, and Anna Van der Breggen won another one somewhere. Uh, but I think that was also at, wait a second, I'm scrolling through it. I uh, can't find it. Uh, she only did the mountain time trial, really, at the Giro U23. So in general, I feel like this year, Anna Van der Breggen is not the best one for me no i'm leaning towards alan van dijk personally although reuser does have the qualities that she can climb better i think than van dijk so that's one benefit there but she van dijk obliterated the world champs idt i know that's the big one like van dijk this year won healthy aging tour itt which meant she won the gc belgium tour prologue euros and worlds the, I guess, counter to that is, did she even go to Tokyo? She didn't even get put on the plane, I don't think. So, whereas Royster, wow. as Benji said, 10 seconds behind on the World Champs 30k parkour, quite close to actually Annemiek van Vleuten in the TT at the, I think, so really is an uphill hilly TT. She was close to her there. She's came on to it really well in the latter half of the season. And then that Olympics TT, second behind Van Vleuten and ahead of Under Van Der is really good. But yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Marlon Royce Benji, actually still. I'm sticking with her over Ellen Van Dyke just a little bit in terms of pure ability. And she's on SD Works next year. Whether that helps her or not, I'm not entirely sure. Annemiek van Vleuten, though, she's kind of like Roglic in that on a really hilly or rolly parkour, she is she is the best and was the best uh, this year. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of like prologue length TTs, I'd like to see Norsgaard keep improving in that aspect. She should uh, be something she's, she's pretty good at. Vollering's also, didn't Vollering win the Tour of Britain TT? She smashed it, I think. Women's Tour won, right? Yeah, the Women's Tour. Yeah, she did. Uh, she did win, and she won quite by quite a lot by a minute 04 on uh, Justin Loudon, and uh, Kirkman was uh, fed on a minute 05. So basically, the entire competition on a minute 04 and more. So uh, that's a, a strong time trial. And it's something we 
Hadn't seen too much from Volring before, like a top time trial. Yes, Simak Lady Store sixth is not a bad time trial, but that's not on the level of like I don't know. That's still like beating the riders that she beat at Women's Tour, but not by as much. So the Women's Tour one was more impressive, is what I mean here. On to now the harder questions. Who is the best GC rider, or was the best GC rider for the year? And it's difficult because Anna van der Breggen announced her retirement. She had the Olympics, obviously, two-thirds of the way through the year, and her season is pretty polarized in terms of really, really on good form and then kind of half-retired but still riding. Like she had some days where it was very, very clear she was not riding as leader and she was almost developing the other riders. Like I'd say Liège and Lacourse, for example, she rode 100% as domestique for Demi Vollering in both those races, but they're not GC races. Uh, the GC races she did do was La Vuelta, not in good form. That was after the Olympics where she wasn't in good form at all. Uh, Giro Rosa, she won, winning two stages, but Anamique wasn't there, I don't think. Their only head-to-head at a GC race was at Vuelta Burgos, where she absolutely smashed Van Bluel. I mean, she won by a few <laughs> seconds. It wasn't smashed, but <laughs> on Lagunas no. Denia, she was way stronger than Van Floyden, uh, in my opinion. And if there'd been – but maybe if there'd been a TT, could even – I don't know. She – it is tough because at the end, reading out Van Vleuten's Palmares, second at Volta Burgos, one uh, Valenciana, one Ladies Tour of Norway in dominant fashion, one Seratizic Challenge by La Vuelta. So it's a bit of a toss-up uh, for me. I'm actually still going with Van der Breggen, Benji, because she won the only head-to-head. Honestly, I feel similar. And again, it's very difficult because right now she's basically not a cyclist anymore. Van der Breggen and at this moment the best GC rider is Van Vleuten because she's the only one in contention against Van der Breggen and Van der Breggen throughout the year feels like she had that extra more because her climbing at Burgos was indeed at minimum just as strong than Van Vleuten better because she ended up winning that that stage that mountain stage on Luganazanaya and if we look at Van Vleuten then I think her time trial on the flatter parkours was not as good. And if we look at the mountain time trial that Van der Breggen did at Giro Rosa, that means her mountain time trial isn't bad either because I swear she put like, was it 10 people OTL? More. 12 people OTL in a time trial. So it's pretty impressive for a time trial, isn't it? <laughs> Haven't seen that a lot in recent history. But all that combined also puts Van der Breggen above Van Vleuten for best GC rider during the year if that is the context of the question we are asking yeah it's a tough one and, and even next year I mean Anime Van Vleuten is recovering from a, a serious injury at Paris-Roubaix we have Tour de France fam next year another world tour eight stage race added to the calendar and in terms of GC riders who you don't maybe think well Demi Vollering is a top GC rider even though maybe she's better known by her one-day prowess mm-hmm. being La Course and Liège this year, but she won GC at the Women's Tour in convincing fashion. Third of Welter Burgos. Burgos. Yeah. Uh, very strong on the climb there. Uh, Ashley Mormon-Pazio, she's the profile of a GC rider. She's on SD work. She's a good climber. Elisa Longo-Bordeghini is actually less less so. She, I think of her more as a one-day racer. So it'll be interesting to see who... Who can come up against Annemiek van Vleuten next year? Because SD Works is going to have to figure something out, whether it's Vollering, 
Mullen and Passio both, they're going to have to figure something out because Anvloten will be, should be the favorite. Um, but yeah, any other GC prospects, I guess, Benji, like that you think could develop like a Nee Fisher Black or someone of that ilk? If you look at Nee Fisher Black, I feel like she's gotten better this year because she's gotten better races than 2020. 2020, she was riding likes of Hendu Evelgem and not necessarily the Hill Classics at top level. And then we look at, um, this year and she's given that opportunity and she's gotten better results while being a domestique in those races so her hilly quality is certainly there her climbing quality is certainly there i don't know from the top of my head how good her time trial is but i recall it not being outrageously terrible vaguely even though i can't remember a result that actually proves that fact nonetheless um if her time trial is relatively decent she can get into a bit of a gc role but like you said, there's people around, and question is, are they going to use Royzer in a way like that? Volring is indeed the one that I think that is the uh, most prominent figure for GC in that team for the coming years, based on that Burgos race, because we thought Olangona Zanaya that Volring would not be making it with the likes of Van Vleuten and Van der Breggen. She was the last rider to be with her, uh, with her, with them both. So that's very strong on there. And then, then we're looking at. Oh, can Nivia Dolma do better on the longer climbs in the future? Uh, she'd have ah, it's difficult, huh? Same with Ludwig. Like, Ludwig is slender, but she hasn't actually been as good on the longer climbs. Like, even in Liège, she struggled on the longer climbs. Uh, Labou? So, yeah, mate, she's young as well. Uh, it, big incentive for her to do well. Um, he's good? Cala Blanca Vas, why not? Why can't uh, she She's going to win everything in five exactly. years. Exactly. <laughs> like, seriously, though, she might just... <laughs> the already a top five GC rider we wouldn't surprise me too much now best one day rider in the world we have a lot more one day races that are televised and have the same sort of good coverage as compared to GC races there aren't the GC races actually aren't didn't get as much coverage so you might be more familiar with the one day races but this is clear for me clear number one Mariana Vos, seventh strata, second Trofeo Alfredo Binder, one Ken Vavelhem, one Amstel Gold Race, 11th Flesh, sixth Liège, third La Course, fifth at the Olympics, um, won two stages at the Giro Rosa, dominant uphill, won three stages at Simac Ladies to a second Paris-Roubaix, second at the World Champs Road Race, where she should have won if her team didn't sell her out completely. <laughs> she got sold out. Alan Van Dyke, let's be real. She should have won. Should never have been in a group with Elisa Balsamo. And when you look at the separation she got from everyone else who would have been fine to be there, she should have won, but she should have won easily. So an unlucky season for Mariana Vos, and she's still my best one day racer in the world. Just not have the same level of team support, both at international level and I'm not, you know, Yama Visma developing well. They've got Rivera next year. Anna Henderson was good, but it is no SD works cakewalk ride for Demi Follering that Anna van der Regen provided her in Liège and La Course. Do you disagree, Benji? For me, it's closer than you are portraying my uh, my list of, uh, well, best one-day racer in the female peloton because I would dare to put Annemiek van Vleuten relatively close. And the reason for that is she also has the ability on both cobble races and on hilly races. I think the one thing that puts her under... The successes throughout the year of Voss here for me is the fact that she 
was not able to show on Paris-Roubaix what Vos was able to show due to the crash, of course, but we don't know where she would have ended. I just don't see her beating Vos on that terrain personally. But if we look at her preseason, first in Waters, who is honestly not the most important one there is in, a, in the history of mankind. We've got RVV winning. That's a big one. We've got, She's the only person ever to do the double, is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second in Liege, second in Fle- uh, fourth in Flesh, third in Amstel. So that's getting very close in the Hill Classics, but not able to achieve that victory because, well, SD Works was better as a team in uh, a few of these races, certainly. And, and Voss is there as well. And I think that's why Voss is indeed a tiny bit above Van Vleuten for me overall the season and then we also look at the likes of Tokyo where Annemiek van Vleuten was also performing very very well with that second spot she would have won if uh, there was communication and if there was team sport what I refuse to her to get any credit for the Olympics road race second (laughs) she again she sold them out she went on an attack instead of having a team work to bring it the gap back at 50 k's held the gap at five (laughs) minutes stable just sitting there in no woman's land and then, no, that's not a tick. Scrub it off the board. Second, the medal is being returned. You should go to Mariana Voss. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to pretend it's Mariana Voss that got second in the R in the road race and also failed to count the last ride that was up front. And uh, She said a, she knew. She just didn't well, say that's anything. Fucking, <laughs> that's not clever, is it? <laughs> anyway, like... Voss is winning for me, but Van Vleuten is not too far behind. That's what my list is like. But then we look at other people, and that's why I find one-day racer difficult to answer is because you have amazing one-day races that are good at cobble. You've got amazing one-day races that are good at hills. And I think when it comes to the hills, one of the most consistent ones this year was Demi Vollering, who ended up winning Liège. In my opinion, the most important of the three races there, Liège, Flesh, and Amstel. Maybe that's just me thinking in a men's cycling kind of way. How do you see that? Is Liège the most important one? Uh, I mean, Trofeo Frodo Binder's got a lot of history. I think I, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't. Re- I really don't know. I think Liège. We don't have monuments in women's cycling, so it's difficult to like. Yeah, I don't know the. I don't offhand know the like viewership difference between the races. Like I'd expect Liège to almost have more viewership than than La Course. Um, I think there's one rider I've missed out, Benji, who uh, who really should be mentioned. Second Strade, first Trofeo for it, been a fourth Flanders, eighth Amstel. Although Amstel, not great tactics, should have been Long one or, one or two. Third Flesh, third Liège, third Emma. Gumina Furako Women's Elite Classics <laughs> won both the ITT and the Women's Road Race at the National Championships in Italy, then third bronze at the Olympics Road Race, uh, one GP Plue, second on stage at La Vuelta, I think third at Paru Bay. So Elisa Longoborghini rarely getting the big win, but extremely just extremely consistent on a variety of terrain. And at the World Championships, she rode as a domestique for future teammate, uh, Elisa Balsamo, next year. So I don't think she's winning that award. But I want to mention her, and I want to ask, pose this question now, Benji. I think Trek will be the strongest, should be the strongest team in one-day races next year. Do you think that's going to be the case? Across the year. 
I think Balsamo is legit. I also think she's legit, but it's a big thing to say that they're going to be the best team in one-day races because, I don't know, we've seen Dagnan not really in the cobble races except for the last one, which was Paris-Roubaix, which is obviously a big one on the calendar now. But um, in the preseason, she was not where we expected her to be. And Longoborghini was definitely always there. She was the one for me in that team that performed every single time. But then we look at SD Works, who now brings in Kopecki, Reuser. I think both of those transfers are godlike in one day race because Kopecki is that sprinter you can just try and get to the line in the group as well, in the same way that Trek will try and get Balsamo to the finish line. And Reuser can be the Von der Bregen that rides following to the Liege Bastogne, Liege victory in 2022, for example. So. I think it's going to be closer than you think. Or I, I rate SD Works higher in one-day races. I don't know. Anna van der Bregen is, is pretty good. Um, yeah, of course. That, that's, <laughs> that's, I don't know. I think Trek should be should be good next year. Maybe Audrey Cordon Rago, Brand. I mean, Brand skipped Roubaix. It's crazy, isn't it? How she skipped it. But I guess Cyclocross more important for her yeah i just just want to watch maybe something we talk about in team previews as well uh for trek's women's team preview but before we get into our best team award of the year mention our show partner lacole who produced performance cycling apparel driven and passionate about creating beautiful technical clothing with function and style at the moment lacole have a 250 tempo challenge uh, which is sort of to encourage people to get out if you're in the Northern Hemisphere while it's getting colder. If you complete more than 250 minutes of activity between the 5th and the 25th of November, you receive a £50 reward for use of the coal as well as entry into the draw for £3,000 worth of new season kit. You can check that out at www.lacole.cc in the description. Thanks to Lacole for supporting the podcast. Now, Benji, Best team of the year, SD Works have had a stranglehold on this award for a, a while now. I think Trek, uh, Trek would be pushing them for it a little bit. Movistar is just AVV and Norsgaard mostly, and Jumbo Visma was mostly Mariana Voss as well. I'm going to stick with SD Works just as the consistently the most dominant team throughout the year. I think so as well. We spoke a bit already, a tiny bit about the fact that Van der Breggen is leaving, quite a bit actually, and the fact that she's trying to be replaced, which is going to be a very hard thing to do for the team. And we've spoken about the fact that, yeah, we don't know if that's going to be enough to beat the likes of a Trek next year, but this year I do feel like they did. I feel like every single race during the preseason, we asked ourselves, how are the other teams going to try and strike out the likes of NSD Works? Because... We had Trek sending a Cornorago up the road, Canyon sending Shabby up the road. We had every team trying to send a few riders up the road so that a team has to pay his back. And that team was usually SD Works that had to do it with Nee Fisher Black a few times in certain preseason races. So we see this pattern that they are the team that competitors even consider the team to beat. And perhaps that's a bit of the benefit of Trek in the coming year then, that people will still see. SD works next year as that canon, which it still might be, but Trek can still live in the shadow of having to send one rider ahead and rest with the others while SD works has to uh, clean up the mess that they're making up front. So that's one of the aspects I see there. And those are the top two teams. You said it, Von Vleuten and uh, Foss 
those are they're not one women teams. I feel like we uh would be underrating the people surrounding them because Rihanna Marcus was definitely worth it on uh on Yumbo as well. And I think the likes of an uh, Anushka Koster was also pretty decent in uh in preseason races. Just all over there's a few aspects in those teams that I'm like, okay, that's a rider that is very solid and if their leader was not there, could still do well in races here. But then we look at Kenyan SRAM and I'm like, that's a team that is actually in between because I feel in some races, they perform very highly, but they also miss the whiff of a team like an SD Works and Trek. So that's a team I would put in the middle like that. I feel like we've seen also FDG with multiple riders this year, Cavalli and Cecilia Trupludwig in these one-day races very often in the last few groups or in the last like 30k still with two riders. But I think next year that might change as well because they are including the likes of a Grace Brown. We're going to talk about that in the team preview as well coming up in the future. But at least that's my take on the teams right now. Um, when it comes to Sunweb, we haven't spoken about Sunweb riders outside of the sprint train today, have we? Like, are we, uh, are we feeling like Lippert has been, didn't have the perfect preseason? She didn't have a great year, really. I mean, since the Cadillavans road race victory, which she won when she was like just turned, uh, 22, she, I don't know. I don't know if she's focusing on the wrong races or if she's trying to be someone she's not. She has a really big punch. And uh, we saw that she was strong at the European Continental Championships. But, uh, but then it's like, well, shouldn't she be doing well at the Women's Tour profile then? Um, but she didn't go well there either. So, yeah, inconsistent results and not making, just really not being a factor, I don't think at the front of the race in important races consistently. Although, and she was aggressive at the course and it, it kind of cost her actually. I feel like she could have almost trusted her sprint a bit more. But yeah, the start of her season wasn't great. And then Rivera was like, had a lot of opportunities wasted once by herself and other times by the team not chasing the breakdown. I think, and I go back to Kenya Shane, I think at least Shabby's someone who should improve next year. She was good and got progressively better throughout the year. I think they shouldn't put her in early breaks anymore. I think she's better than that. Um, but, yeah, I think DSM kind of covered up a little bit by Lorena Vibas being really good. And they got Corinne Lebecki leaving. She's going to Yamba Visma next year. So they're losing some results there as well. But, yeah, Libet, Brabant Powell would like to see her back there sort of contesting those sort of races in Amstel. Uh, next year but yeah I think SD Works they just perfect teamwork all the time like yep. LaCourse for Vollering Liège with Moulin Pascio early and then Van der Breggen pacing and then getting uh, Mariana Voss behind and winning the sprint with Vollering perfect teamwork and Chantal Van der Black at Strana Bianca and then they had Van der Breggen behind they're just always using their numbers and the races that sort of didn't work out were more later in the season at Roubaix but generally they have to be the strongest team for me. SD works. I've got one final question for you. Oh, yeah. One final question. If you've got a 30-kilometer cobble section, I don't know if it exists anywhere on the planet. It most likely does somewhere. Just a straight road, no Brenner. cornering and so forth. Brenauer? Yeah. For me, it's Brenauer or Majerus, based on what we saw at Roubaix. <laughs> but I think Brenauer is definitely uh, one of the two there. Brenauer's beast. And yeah. she, yeah, I like Brenauer for that. Um, okay. 
yeah, easy answer for me. Maybe kind of. I, ho- I hope this would be like a heavy discussion of like I don't know, <laughs> trying to find out the details between the riders. But you're right. It's Who do you think out. wins the TDF? <laughs> wins the TDF next year? It has to be oh, Van Vleuten. Van Vleuten on paper, back. but I, I hope that she finds her form again after the injury. It's still a heavy injury, and it's going to take a bit to get back from. But she's shown enough character in the past with injuries that she was able to pull through, like the real one, for example. So. I've got the confidence there. I I do want to like finish off today with the thought that I think the Tour de France Femme will do a lot for women's cycling. And I'm looking forward to see that on the, I would say on the big screen, but I'm probably going to watch it on the laptop. <laughs> if she's in, some of those mountain stages are really hard. She should be taking minutes there, frankly, uh, unless Mulman keeps improving. But yeah, I can't wait to see it. I think the last question, Benji, is most impressive, crazy, best performance for you this year, be it an overall GC performance or an individual one-day race? Hmm. I think that the most... In, why do you throw it to me first? I was not prepared <laughs> for this question. <laughs> like, let's start off by saying that I think a lot of people would say Anna Kiesenhofer on this, on, this, uh, on this question, the best performance of the year. But I personally disagree. I think that performance-wise, it's a wonderful thing to do, winning the race like that. It's crazy. It's something that we don't see often because it doesn't happen on races that are with trade teams and have communication, that kind of storyline, because you have communication. So the Dutch team knows that there's someone ahead. And next to that, on trade teams, you have teams that actually work together instead of the Dutch team not doing so. So there is no situation outside of the Olympics or World Championships where that situation can occur. And as a consequence, it's... I don't dare to say it too loudly because a lot of people aren't going to like it, but she slightly got lucky. And She did get lucky, yeah. Like, literally. That's, that's a fact. It's controversial to say because a lot of people see this as the performance of the century, but it's a victory of... That, that people didn't expect and it was amazing that it allowed new people to join the sport because it was something that just was beyond the odds for example but it shouldn't happen in a tactical field that has trade teams and actual communication in races and that's why that's in no way the best one for me when it comes to Dignan, that's also one i think a lot of people are going to put up there and on one end i get it because that solo was still crazy but I do want to take one point off, partially because she won mainly due to also the tactical aspect of going early on the first cobble section, knowing that all the others are going to have more trouble going over the cobbles in a pack. That doesn't take away too much from the victory. That's still a wonderful solo, but it's an aspect that it was predictable that the first big rider to go off and get a gap of two minutes was going to win if it's with a group behind that and half are crashing at. So. We can't give it to controversial Lizzie Dignan. Um, we, I'm going to go with Mariana Boss, Hen Favelhen. It's my the one that stands out to me where no lead out against pure sprinters. Uh, Jumbo Visma had done a pretty good job, I think, working, and Henderson had worked pretty well. But, yeah, Kopecky, Balsamo, Brenau, Bastianelli on the wheel just just ruined everyone. And um, Amstel Gold race two, although she nearly outflipped herself when Vollering came through late. So, yeah. I'm going to go for a boring one. Yeah. Alan Van Dijk, ITT World Championships, because 
the performance was way better than people were expecting. We were expecting a 1v1 between Reusner and Van Dijk, very close throughout the parkour, but she obliterated the field. And that's why I've got that one rated quite high. And perhaps that's a bit of a boring one. Yeah, it can be, but... It was 10 seconds. Was it 10 seconds in the end? Yeah. but It felt it w- like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but they, their times were very fast. Over 50k an hour average for both of them. But Did it come back re- together in the third part? Because I swear the gap was bigger in the middle. I'm not sure. Um, I just I just remember comparing their results and their intermediates to the men's U23 and being like, holy shit, they are, they are hustling. Uh, Jesus. Those, those two, they were very, very fast, over 50K an hour average. So, yeah, that's I'll, I'll grant that as well. And I think Royce, that she hit a purple patch of form. She was in the best form of her life there. So to beat her is incredibly impressive for Ellen Van Dyke. But that's our Women's Award Show for the year. Let us know who you think we've missed out, disrespected, who will improve next year. I always like getting bits of tips like the rider on rally, the Kiwi sprinter who we need to watch out for next year because sometimes, like fast, the talent comes through very, very fast in women's cycling. But thanks for listening, and as always, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao.